Patrick, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing. On all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex? Send the homie a text? That trash offers the best? You try to make it complex? Then they text you back, now all of a sudden they don't make any sense? <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I'll always be traded. And I'll always be traded. And I'll always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. What is up, Fantasyland? Weekend tailgate, Dan. Usually we're on on a Thursday evening. Unfortunately, I got a little sick yesterday. We wanted to make sure we dropped something for you guys, especially the the Goat District faithful. So we're gonna do this right now. We're recording Friday afternoon. You're gonna, you guys are gonna be getting this on around seven seven thirty p.m. Eastern, just to let you know where we're at with these updates. This is where Dan and I talk about waiver wire results, especially FFPC high stakes, dynasty leagues, the fantasy pros, the main event. Then we get into last night's game, Dan, which was kind of a snoozer. We've got a couple questions from the audience. We'll answer at the end audience, meaning Twitter, Dan or X, what do they call it? What are people calling it? I don't even know anymore. I don't know. Some people are calling it X. I still call it Twitter. I'm, I'm old. I don't give up my, uh, and it, 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 I don't give up the way I do things very easily. So, you know, it's just going to be Twitter to me until uh, everybody everywhere starts calling it X and then I'm just forced to go along. Yeah, I feel like it. I see the X and it doesn't doesn't no. click right away. I need to like all, all, all I think of is easy top. <laughs> heard it, heard it, heard it on the X. So <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, the, the bearded twins. <laughs> so let's start um, with waiver wire review Dan just again I mean we've had some pretty pretty exciting waiver wires just as we see every year um injuries opportunity creates opportunities um I had a pretty good get in one of my leagues Dan I know you and I share a bunch of leagues uh at all levels redraft dynasty what was one of your some of your favorite pickups or maybe any close misses yeah, so, so uh, Marvin Mims came available in two of my leagues. And uh, as, as you know, I am one of the preeminent Mar Marvin Mims truthers uh, in fantasy football today. So uh, I put on a bid of, I believe it was $357 in one league and a bid of 403 in the other. Uh, the $357 bid I won by like $300. And the $403 bid I lost by $250. So uh, that, that tells me out there somewhere there was a, a Marvin Mims truth or maybe even bigger than me. But uh, other than that, I got him. So nice. happy about that. Nice. Yes. Um, I still think long term, I think our trade might still work out for both of us. But we'll see. Mm -hmm. I do like what I see from Mims so far. Um, my biggest get 
was one of my favorite rookies coming into the season and one of my most owned players. I got me, got me another one, Dan. I couldn't believe he was on the waiver wire. Um, I share a, a fantasy pros uh, with uh, Harry Snowman. And um, when I saw this, I, I, you know, didn't really have to sell him on it. He knows how much I liked it, the running back, but uh, told him we got to put around 200 if we're going to get him. Initially, my my gut, Dan, said 228. And I think Snowman said, let's do like two, 215 or 218. And I said, no, we got to go with my gut. And Dan, thank God we went with the gut because the next I put in 228, the next bid was at 220. So we would have lost it with that with that initial uh, bid. So go with your gut. That's the lesson of the day, especially with those bids. Um, but I, I've learned from the best, Dan. I've learned from you. So I, I feel like I'm getting better at this uh, this waiver wire game. Yeah, that's that's one of the things too. I mean, you know, if you really want a player, um, you know, don't don't try to chisel it down by ten or fifteen dollars or whatever, because about all that's going to happen is regret. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, if your if your initial you know thought is two twenty eight, and then you go back and you say, you know what, I think two eighteen might do it. What's the difference really? Um, you know, ten dollars is not that much difference. I would rather just you know go with my original thought. Because you know what, if I lose, you know, like I did with that that Mims bid of four hundred and three, I just kind of had a feeling I was going to have to go higher in that league. I didn't go high enough, but I felt really good about my four hundred three bid because I was like, yeah, I, I I felt I took a solid swing at it, and I just the same, I felt totally good about that three hundred fifty seven dollar bid, even though I won it by three hundred dollars. Uh, you know, clearly there are people out there who are spending much much more than that, so. You know, mm-hmm. I got my player. I still got two thirds my uh, my fab left to go after that Mims bib. So who cares? I'm happy. Yeah, I mean that's why you have the the, the blind bid money. You know, is is to go get your guys and go get these guys on waivers. So if you're always trying to get a guy on a discount and hope that you have the one league where you know either people forget the bid or they're betting too low, you're better off, like you said. Even even add five percent is you know. Uh, to, to what you're thinking you're going to put if, if you really want the guy. Um, so last night's game was interesting, Dan. San Fran at home against the Giants. The Giants were coming off of this huge comeback against Arizona, um, which for some reason I think people were putting more weight on than it deserved. I mean, what, San Fran's put up 30 now in, in every game so far this season. What were your th- what are your thoughts on the game? Um, was it what you thought? I know I had um, I, I think I told you I teased the, the spread to minus thirteen and a half. Um, just thinking it's probably going to be another blowout. I know at first it was actually looking tight for, for the first half. Yeah, so I I uh, I also put in a, a little parlay on uh, underdogs pick them. Um, and the game really went kind of as I expected. I figured that the New New York's offensive line was going to get overwhelmed uh, by the superior pass rush of San Francisco. I mean, it's just tough to to stand up against that kind of a rush when you're missing linemen. Uh, And so I figured probably uh, there were going to be a a couple more checks, check downs to running backs by the uh, Giants. And then on the... um, on the 49ers side, we had Brandon Ayuk, who was, you know, completely out. So I took uh, the over on receptions by Kittle and by um, 
uh, Debo Samuel. And I also had uh, Underdog kind of gave me one of those special bonus things that Daniel Jones only had to get a half a yard. So uh, I was able to uh, pull off the uh, the four-way parlay and 10x my money on that one. So nice. happy about That's, that. But there you go. Yeah. Unfortunately, they'll only let you bet ten dollars when you're when they're you're using your their little teaser. Uh, oh, really? That's so, hilarious. Yeah, but you know, hey, felt pretty good. Yeah, still felt good. Uh, got got it right. You know, start a winning streak, so that was good. But yeah, I, I you know, I I was talking to some people on Twitter this morning who were like, "Man, I can't believe that uh, you know they didn't throw to Jalen Hyatt." Uh, you know, as far as the Giants go, I'm like, man, I don't know how they were supposed to. I mean, you know the he has trouble releasing off the line anyway. And, um, you know, the pass rush was just, it was on Daniel Jones so fast, he never had time to let routes develop. So he had to take short underneath stuff all the time, pretty much all night. Yeah, and he was, yeah. And he, if, if if he even got out of the pocket, he's, you know, kind of running away from from the Giants that are tr- trying to take him down. So it, is, it, was, it was a tough game for him. Um, but kind of expected, just with what we've seen from both these teams so far, I would think. Uh, do you think Waller could be a value right now? I know coming in, this is uh, some info that um, actually Harry Snowman was sharing with me that they were third against the tight ends uh, coming into the, I know it's like, it was like two game sample, but still relevant. Um, and they sh- pretty much shut down Waller last night. So could you see after a bit of a shaky start up to the season and a tough defense, maybe Waller being a value or, or do you think he's a falling knife right now? No, I think Waller is definitely a value right now. I mean, let's look at the three games he was in. Uh, the first one was a, a, gain, a game in the rain against Dallas where uh, the Giants got down big early. And, you know, by halftime, they were just absolutely buried. And they'd pretty yeah. much given up. They'd pulled Waller because he already, you know, had some hamstring problems. He'd been working through, you know, why risk him? Uh, then he has a, a decent game against Arizona. And then he plays San Francisco, who, you know, not only this year, but four years has been great against the tight end. Uh, they're one of my least favorite teams to put a tight end to end against. So I, I think Waller is probably um, going at a real value right now. You know, if you, if you can trade for him, uh, definitely throw the offers out now. Uh, because I feel like he's still going to be a big part of this offense. And, uh, you know, there are going to be better days ahead. Uh, the Giants are going to be playing Dallas and San Francisco every week. Agreed. Agreed. And we talked about that on the on the player profiler show this week, just people needing to pay attention to who these guys, what kind of defense Dan one of these flies is like attacking my my mouse finger here. And it's super annoying because they're like half dead by the time they get to my desk area for some reason. Might not say anything good about the air in, in this office, but um, yeah. So if you guys see me swishing away, it's uh, being attacked by some house flies here. So, all right. I, I'm glad you agree with that, with Waller. Um, I was thinking the same thing. Hopefully we can get some offers out before we drop this tonight. Daniel Jones, does he also become a value? He showed us what he's able to do in that one half against Arizona, or do you just think like he's looked bad? Again, is it just... a, a a matter of the defense they played just a quick answer here or do you think that he could also be a value similar to Waller I think that it's largely a matter of the defenses that they played but I think uh Daniel Jones probably isn't quite as good as what people were hoping off of last year so it's a little bit of both all right Actually, you know what? Um, 
let's uh, talk about Barkley right away because initially I think we weren't sure. Now it's confirmed high ankle high ankle sprain. He was saying he's going to be back Monday against Seattle. I don't doesn't look like he will be. Uh, Breda did get a touchdown last night against his old team revenge the revenge revenge Breda game. Um, so good for him, but. I mean, do you have confidence in Breda next week if Barkley isn't starting? And as a Barkley owner, like, how are you concerned about this injury? Honestly, as a Barkley owner, I hope that he sits out next Monday night's game as well. Uh, yeah. I would rather him get right than try to get out there too fast and, you know, have this be a problem that's slowing him down for half the season or more. Uh, you know, so let's. I, I, hopefully the Giants are going to play it conservatively as well, but you know they're they're also kind of digging themselves a little bit of a hole. You know they're one and two, which is not terrible, but it, it's certainly not where you want to be. And you know so we might see a little desperation uh, trying to get Barkley in there, get that offense going a little bit. But uh, if Barkley doesn't play, I mean Breda is, uh, you know, you, you're never going to feel great about having him in your lineup. But uh, you know he was able to get the cheap score. He got a couple receptions. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll find a way to probably cobble together about 10 points one way or another. Stay tuned guys. We're going to have those couple questions, uh, from the X from the Twitter machine, uh, at the back end of the show right now, we're going to look at kind of combination of NFL news, injury updates, as well as practice updates. Dan, we've got a nice list this week. Um, some good news. In some places, some not so good news in others. And we even have a trade in your neck of the woods. And you know what? Why don't we start with the trade? Cam Akers going to the Vikings. I don't remember what it was for. What is it, seventh or something like that? Uh, it was for a swap of 2026 sixth round picks. Okay. <laughs> Which... I, I don't even know how you do that because how do you even know you that know? The, the Vikings pick isn't going to be worse than the Rams pick. I mean, you know, it, it's possible the Vikings could end up getting the better pick out of this and they got Cam Akers. Uh, you know, this is just basically, uh, to me, the Rams saying, hey, we want to be able to say we traded him and we got something for him. Uh, yeah. But it's it's the 2026 is, is, is as far out as you can trade picks in the NFL. So basically, and, you know, of course, sixth round is almost as bad of a pick as you can trade. So... Basically, this was a trade for the minimum draft capital possible. And if Akers doesn't get 500 yards from scrimmage this year, the Vikings owe nothing for him. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, you know, that, that tells you about how much uh, the Rams valued Akers. I think they just decided he was better off the team than on the team, no matter what. Uh, as far as, you know, what he's going to be like on the Vikings, I think, uh, you know... Cam Akers and uh, Alexander Madison, if they switched uniforms at halftime, you would probably never know because they're ba both the same kind of a person, especially Akers after he's uh, had his Achilles, uh, you know, repaired. Um, he just hasn't been the same runner since, really. And so, I and you know, he's just got no juice. Madison has no juice. I don't really know that the Vikings have really done that much good by adding him in. Uh, you know, I guess he might be better than... Uh, than Ty Chandler, but um, you know, to me, this is your chance right now in Dynasty, or if you're in redraft and you've got Cam Akers on your team, get him off your team right now. 
Yeah, two running backs I wasn't very high on this offseason, Dan, kind of end up in an offense that I was high <laughs> on going into right. the season, just them being in their second year in that offense. But Akers and, and Madison, I think like towards the back end of draft season, I said even on a show, like I'm, I, I kind of feel like I need to grab a couple shares just because I literally had none from the offseason. Um, but I mean... Akers ends up kind of in a familiar place with the offense, so that's good for him. Uh, maybe he he is able to have like a last hurrah. I just I don't have really high expectations for either. This is really for me. I'm looking at the the aerial game when I'm looking at the Vikings uh, fantasy wise. Anyways, that's kind of where I, I like I like the Cousins. I like the JJs. I love the Addisons. Uh, give me some TJ Hawk, but not really on this running game right now. Especially now, if two guys similar are sharing, um, that really limits the ceiling on either guy unless we have an injury yeah and and kind of a, a a hidden little thing is the vikings have been missing their starting center um for almost the entire season um he, he okay. did play a little bit in uh in the first week but he got injured and hasn't been able to be back since uh, that's definitely hurting him as far as like their uh run blocking so he's he's a guy who, who sets up uh protections as well so you know it's that's that's a little bit of a uh, a hit to the entire Vikings offense. So Garrett Bradbury is the guy's name, so love to see Bradbury get back in there, and I think it'll help the the whole Vikings offense and uh, hopefully the running game as well. Nice. I figured you being in Minnesota would have some inside uh, scoop there, and there it is, Dan. I uh, love it. We'll get right back to this high win rate fantasy football content right after this word from our sponsors. And we're back. So I didn't I had no idea about the center. That's why I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, and cool. and, and by the way, we, wheels up on uh Kyron Williams too. So Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, Dan. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I, I have bags and bags full of them. And uh if you're looking for the backup to Kyron Williams, uh I don't I don't know how to tell you this, but Ronnie Rivers ain't it. Uh you probably want Zach Evans. Um yeah. so that Whenever there's, I feel like whenever there's like the the first or second year guy, and then there's like the 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 traveled the traveled uh, journeyman, uh, you're usually better off with going the upside because uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I think if it comes down to you know Rivers or Evans, um, Evans is going to get a real shot, and if he can't do it, they're going to bring somebody in from the outside. I just don't see Rivers as ever being more than a change of pace guy. Yeah, agreed. And last year he had opportunities, and and to me that that's with running backs. If you don't capitalize on opportunities, I'm not interested in you in the future. That's just kind of why I didn't like um, uh, what's Buddy that came out of Buffalo. Oh Moss, Moss, who who yeah. might have who might have a role right now in this offense, <laughs> which he's definitely taking advantage of. So so good for him. Let's go to a, a surprise from um, week one, I believe, was J- Jacoby Myers uh, went off, had a pretty nice stat line. Uh, in Vegas, getting a, a nice uh, amount of targets, but then dealt with a concussion. So he's been upgraded. Then he's back. Um, where, where did I see this? 
it was reported by Field Yates, Raiders, Jacoby Myers concussion was a full participant in practice today. So good sign that he'll be available for Sunday night against the Steelers. Any thoughts there, Dan? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see um, how he does. Uh, you know, one week is is just one week. So, you know, it was it was nice what we saw the first week. We're hoping for more like that. But, uh, you know, we know that Devontae Adams is the, the alpha in this passing game. And I think most things are going to flow through him. But still, Myers is a guy that we had kind of hoped, uh, you know, as we're through draft season, would be a relatively low-cost player that could, uh, you know, toss in some good weeks. He's already tossed in one good week. So uh, hopefully he'll get to toss in some more as we uh, go down the stretch here. Jeremy at Pope's FFH points out, Leaders in yard per route run, Dan. Who do you think's ahead of who? Jacoby Myers with 3.68 in the three spot behind Tyreek Hill and Mike Evans ahead of Devontae Adams at 2.88. Again, small sample size, just saying. Right, yeah. It's very, very small sample size. And, uh, you know, basically teams were, uh, you know, um, Devontae Adams is going to get the, the better coverage anyway. So, uh, you know, we, we may see some more of that coming up. Who knows? But uh, I, I think teams will adjust if uh, if Myers continues to make him bleed underneath or over the top. And, Dan, fun fact about our New York Jets, again, small sample size. But when Garrett Wilson and or Brees Hall score a touchdown, the Jets are 7-1, and one, according to Zach Rosenblatt at Zach Blatt. Brees Hall, Dan, limited in Thursday's practice with the knee. I feel like it's that's just the way it's going to be, and you got to just assume he's going to play and be maybe on a limited count. Is that? Yeah, I, I expect he's going to be limited in practice uh, most, if not all, of the year. There's just no sense in uh, putting him through any extra um, anything that could, could potentially bring up a problem. You want to save him for game days. Uh, you know, as long as he's getting some of the mental reps in practice and everything else, that's the main thing that you want. Uh, and and Hall is a guy who's I'm afraid going to be feast or famine for uh, at least the first half of the season here. Uh, it got worse when Zach Wilson became quarterback because it makes the offense a lot more one dimensional. Um, you know, but basically it's going to come down to, you know, does Brees break, break a couple big runs or not? Uh, and that's pretty much what it's going to be every week. I feel like. Could we see a squeaky wheel then uh, him after last game saying that, uh, you know, I mean, I only got four touches. Of course we struggled. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think there's a little bit, you know, and, and I think he's a little bit right, too. Uh, you know, you don't yeah. want to see him just limited to four touches like that. But again, it was, uh, you know, it was a pretty awful game script uh, for the Jets. And it was just tough uh, for them to really put a lot of effort into running the ball because they got down early and, you know, they had to try to kind of get back to the end of the game any way that they could. So just not a great script. And hopefully it'll be better uh, this week against uh, New England. My buddy Smoke and Joe Burrow, Dan, did not practice on Thursday. Uh, they play Monday, I believe, so he does have an extra day. Adam Schefter reporting uh, Will Greer going to, going to New England. The Bengals now don't have a QB2 on their roster if Joe can't play Monday night. Is that a, is that a fact? I believe that is a fact. Um, they just have Browning um, on their roster, Jake Browning. And so he would be the, uh, you know, the quarterback if Burrow can't go. 
my guess is they probably have somebody that was on uh, the team over the summer that they can bring in um, and just sign for the game if they need to have you know need to have that extra body. But uh, if you've got Joe Burrow, you know, since he does play on Monday night, uh, this is a problem for your team if you were planning on starting Burrow. So uh, you need to make sure that either you just pivot off him uh, proactively on Sunday if you've got a good option or if you don't have a good option. I think uh, there's a, you know, a decent option available on maybe a couple decent options available that are playing on Monday night. Uh, you could play the, his opposing quarterback, which would be uh, Matt Stafford. And I think Stafford's got uh, you know a good chance to do about as well as a Gimpy Burrow, or you could pivot all the way over to um, uh, Bucks quarterback uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and he's going up against a, an Eagles defense that is really struggling against the pass right now. They lost uh, some key pieces out of their secondary over the first couple weeks, and Baker Mayfield has been really on fire. Um, so. I, I think that's an interesting uh, pivot off of uh, Joe Burrow and one you might even think of making if Burrow is playing and just kind of give Burrow, an, you know, another week to show what he can do. Um, and if you're one of those who stacked uh, Burrow and T. Higgins and uh, Jamar Chase together, yikes, this is not looking like a good season. So hopefully Burrow gets better fast. Why are you calling out my UPL goal league team, Dan? <laughs> oh, I've, I've, I've got a main event with Bip that's the same way, so... It's all right. We'll have our we'll have our weeks. <coughs> Excuse me. We will have our weeks. Yes. Dan, most targets without a TD receivers. Who do you think it is right now? Um, most targets without a TD. I don't know. Has Puka scored one? Puka Nakua, thirty-four targets. Good call. Um, the next man behind him, twenty-five with Justin Jefferson, twenty-one Chris Olave. 18 Mike Williams uh, from our friend Alex Caruso at Alex Caruso. Make sure you guys follow him, friend of the show. Any thoughts? Um, he did not practice Thursday oblique. Um, I don't really know the status. I know I have some Tutu Atwell that I would throw in, I guess, if Puka is not playing. But what do you think? Does the LA Ram play or no? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean McVay has been pretty confident that Puka is going to play this week. So okay. nice. I think he can feel good about throwing him in. And really, there's no reason not to throw a 2 2 in there as well uh, because the, you know, the, the offense has basically been thro- flowing through three players mm-hmm. uh, Puka, 2 2, and Kyron Williams. So <laughs> those, th- those are the players you want off of uh, Rams skill players. Anybody else, uh, you know, you probably either want to bench them or drop them. Yeah, Stafford is was nice value this offseason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was not including quarterback in there. Sorry. Um, speaking of quarterback, Dan, a rookie who's been looking pretty good and probably making Carolina have regrets, C.J. Stroud, full practice, uh, upgraded on Thursday with the shoulder. He, seemed to have, he seems to have some nice uh, rapport chemistry with, uh, with two receivers there, Nico Collins and the rookie, Tank. Yeah, without a doubt. And Robert Woods also um, has has looked, uh, you know, reinvigorated since he landed in Houston. So Bobby Woods. Yeah, I, I, I like what I'm seeing out of C.J. Stroud. Um, honestly, he was a guy that I was uh, I was drafting a good bit of as a second or third quarterback in those super flex tourneys. 
Uh, I felt real good about him because he was cheap. He was very cheap coming late in the drafts, and uh, I, I felt like he was probably the best of the rookie quarterbacks and was likely to, you know, be able to succeed pretty immediately. He's done even better than I expected, though, so this is great to see. Yeah, C.J. Stroud, um, definitely Carolina fans, I'm sure, are um, hoping things uh, even out a bit more. But right now, Houston getting the better end of uh, of those draft picks. Dan, one of your two of your favorite guys, Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell. <laughs> so Boston Scott is in concussion protocol. He's not practicing. And he's uh, not playing the Giants, so you can keep him on your bench. True. Um, and then Kenny Gainwell, your boy, is back, returning uh, to practice, full practice on Thursday from rib injury. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Philly does on the ground here. Uh, they're playing against a tough Tampa Bay run defense, so, uh, you know, it. who, who knows how it's going to go. But also we had, you know, uh, Swift had a, a big blow-up game uh, in Week 2. I don't think that they're going to make it the – complete DeAndre Swift show. I think Gainwell's going to have a role in there, uh, you know, but whether it's a, you know, a 70-30 split or a 60-40 or 55-45 uh, split, I don't know what it's going to be. So it'll be, it'll be kind of fun to see. Uh, you know, certainly I'm not abandoning my Gainwell shares or my stance. I think he's a great player. Uh, I think DeAndre Swift is still uh, a player that I do not trust for a season. Uh, you know, any game that he's healthy and starting, yeah, I, I like Swift, but I just cannot trust him all season. So I think holding on tight to gain well is uh, definitely the strategy you want to uh, pursue here. Is Tyreek Hill the first receiver off the board, Dan, right now? Or is, it, is, he, is he in the conversation to be in with JJ and Chase in these drafts? Or do you think he even goes ahead in, in a lot of drafts right now? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Underdog gets their, uh, you know, re- resurrection contest or whatever they call it uh, when they when they do, uh, you know, after week four or five, uh, they kind of do another uh, BBM style uh, contest. Because I think if things continue as they are, Tyreek Hill might be the first uh, player off the board, um, him or Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know. But with uh, you, you had just mentioned that Justin Jefferson, uh, 25 targets, no touchdowns. Uh, I don't expect that streak to continue. Jefferson is going to catch some touchdowns. So, um, you know, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, you can you can mix them up in a hat. I'll be happy picking either one of them out of that hat. Uh, the one I'm just not too wild about right now is Jamar Chase. Yeah, Vikings and Chargers this weekend would probably be a good weekend for JJ to get have a big game, I would imagine. Yes, yeah, so let's hope for a, uh, a big points orgy for fantasy football. There you go, Dan, getting freaky, frisky on a Friday afternoon. Um, John Heimkamp saying, I'd still rather have Devontae Smith than Jamar Chase. Hi, guys, I'm back. Do you agree with that, Dan? Devontae Smith over Jamar Chase. That is an interesting uh, take. That's that's a little spicy. Um, I love Devontae Smith. I don't know that I would take him over Jamar Chase, though, until Burrow is healthy. I probably would. So for the short term, yes. For the long term, I think Chase is still the better player. But Devonta Smith uh, might be 
Uh, and you know how much I love A.J. Brown, but he might be equal to or better than A.J. Brown uh, as a receiver because he's just, you know, he's a couple of years behind A.J. Brown uh, in his NFL career. And uh, we're, we're seeing great things out of Devonta Smith already. So love it. If you got if you got any of those players, uh, you should be very happy. Kyle Linman uh, at Luck is Made FF tweets out Tank Dell and Tutu Atwell are both under 5'10 and 170 pounds, yet playing primary as outside receivers on their teams. Devontae Smith broke the mold in 2021, proving you don't need to be 6'2 and 250 pounds to make it anymore. The game is evolving. That's a pretty valid point. Yeah, the the game is evolving, but it's also coming full circle. Um, if you've been around the game as long as I have, you might remember back to the uh, 80s when there were a whole lot of receivers around known as Smurfs, um, which for those who don't know what Smurfs are, those are little blue guys that were on uh, Saturday <laughs> morning TV in the 80s. <laughs> so um, anyway, now that I've thoroughly dated myself, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it used to be that uh, small receivers were absolutely the rage in the NFL. You know, it was little guys who could make lightning fast moves, uh, you know, turn on a dime, all that kind of stuff. And then as cornerbacks got smaller and smaller, receivers started getting bigger and bigger to compensate because then all of a sudden they could just overmatch them size wise. Now we're kind of seeing it go back to those smaller receivers again who are much more maneuverable. There's a whole lot of big cornerbacks in the NFL, and they're having trouble keeping up with those small receivers agility-wise. So the whole thing just goes in cycles, you know. And in, in this case, it's like a 30-year a cycle or so that is, is what we're seeing here. At Sports Talk Zero, Philadelphia Eagle targets share right now. A.J. Brown with 16, Devontae Smith with 15. And then Dallas Goddard, eight, DeAndre Swift with five, Gainwell with four, and then it's like two and then ones. So kind of a narrow route uh, target tree, Dan, in, in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's exactly, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it's exactly what we expected. Um, I, I figured that it was mm -hmm. going to be heavy on the wide receivers, uh, you know, and uh, Mark Garcia, high uh, on the It's a Trap show. Uh, told everybody, do not be drafting uh, Dallas Goddard. He's going to disappoint. So far, that's been what he's done, is, is kind of disappointed. And Phillies, with Hurts, has never been big at throwing to the running backs. So, uh, you know, we're just seeing a continuation of that trend. So, yeah, if you've got the wide receivers wheels up there, if you've got, uh, you know, Dallas Goddard, honestly, I think uh, he's the kind of guy I would trade away if you have the opportunity, if he has a good game, uh, you know, see if you can flip him for something else and, uh, you know, hopefully get like a Hunter Henry or somebody like that who's actually performing at tight end. Guys, smash the like button. Uh, we're, we're here for you guys on a weekly basis to help you out. And um, make sure you check out actually myffpc.com. They still have the weekly games going right now, 35 buy-in, $200 buy-in. Uh, to win yourself some cash, you can play the weekly game there. Use the code GOAT to get a sign-up bonus. And then, Dan, you talked about underdog. I'm not allowed on there, but you play prop games on there. Um, is, that what, is that what it is? Yeah, and they've got, uh, they've got kind of a new version of a prop game on there now, too. Um, it's called uh, Rivals, and you can pick things like uh, you know James Conner versus Tony Pollard because uh, they're playing in the same game. Uh, rushing yards, uh, Connor plus 14 and a half versus Pollard. 
So you can make bets like that. Um, I did a couple of those and I think they're, they're a lot of fun. Um, let me pull them up here. Guys, use the code district on underdog to get it up to a hundred dollars matched on your first deposit. Uh, yeah. the, use the code district. Yep, definitely. So I did, I did three, um, three picks. I have uh, Russell Wilson minus 11 and a half uh, rushing yards over Tua Tagovailoa. I have Hunter Henry plus one receiving yard over Alan Lazard. And I have Puka Nakua uh, plus 30 and a half, or excuse me, minus 30 and a half receiving yards over Tyler Higby. Hmm. Um, you know, so th th those are three bets. I thought each one of them was definitely a smash. Add them all together, uh, you know, and you can 6x your money if you're right. I like it. There you go. So you want to get your fix for the weekend? You go to myffpc.com, use the code GOAT, then you go over to Underdog, use the code DISTRICT, and you got yourself some free money in your face. So, Dan, I talked about my excitement for Kendra Miller. He's officially a full participant in practice. Derek Carr, also excited, says, I just want to see that violence that I know that he has, that he runs with. I mean, I'm pretty excited for this. I think there's an opportunity. You know, I, I know Jones Jr. looked all right this weekend or this past uh, this past was it Monday night their game? Yeah, this past yeah. Monday uh, mm -hmm. with the two touchdowns, and they'll probably share at first. But I do feel like this is an opportunity right now for Kendry to show what he can do and maybe even take over this backfield um, at least till Kamara comes back. Yeah, which is. Unfortunately for Kendra, it's next week that Kamara comes back. But, you know, we also saw some signs with Kamara uh, last year that uh, his his abilities might be diminishing a little bit, uh, you know, and it may have been just, you know, sometimes it's one year variants like that. But if, it, if they are and Kendra can put together uh, a good game, we could see even more of Kendra moving forward. So. I'm very hopeful that Kendra puts on a good show this week and, uh, you know, kind of forces his name into the conversation for next week. Yeah, and that, that's exactly what it is for me, Dan. Plus, you got to remember these running backs coming in late to, into the season. We've seen them get injured right off the bat uh, often enough. So if he can just prove himself as the true number two in that offense with this opportunity, to me, that would be huge. Um but yeah, Kendry, happy to have him back in the field and, and getting his opportunity now with the Saints. T Taysom Hill, another one who's upgraded uh, for New Orleans to a, a full practice, whether he's your QB or your tight end, or I don't even know anymore what he's listed as. <laughs> if, if you can get him as a tight end, uh, he's a great play. Uh, if you get if you have to play him as a quarterback, uh, not so great. But uh, a tight end, running back, whatever. Um, you know, he's probably worth playing because I do think he is going to factor in this week. Um, you know, but again, hopefully we see the Kendra show, but, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to watch this one. Dan Amari Cooper limited again, groin and shoulder on Thursday. Do we care? Is he, is he in or out? Do you know? And, and what do you expect from him this week? Well, he wasn't supposed to play on Monday night and he went out there and put up a pretty good game, uh, you know, especially considering uh, how the quarterback play was. Um, so I don't, I don't mind putting him in my lineup at all. If he's going, uh, right. you know, it, it's very clear that uh, Deshaun Watson uh, likes to throw to him, trusts him. Uh, hopefully Watson's mad enough at himself and improves his, uh, 
his performance and we see a good game out of uh, both Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper here. Yeah, they're at home against Tennessee. Um, low, low over under 39 and a half, but you got to think Cleveland bounces back after what, what was, a, for me, kind of a shocker in Pittsburgh um, last weekend. Yeah, it was just a very, very fluky game with uh, Pittsburgh getting a couple of defensive scores, uh, you know, which Pittsburgh defense is good. We know that. So it's not a huge surprise, but, you know, getting two defensive scores in one game is that's tough. That does not happen often. So, uh, you know, and really the Pittsburgh offense has looked terrible. Uh, so we, we need to see that improving soon. Uh, I have I have a few too many uh, Deontay Johnson, Pickens, uh, Jalen Warren shares, things like that. So I'm, I'm hoping they, they can get their act together. Speaking of Tennessee, Dan, Derrick Henry did not practice. Uh, toe also rest. He is, I mean, he's up there. He's a bigger dude. I'm sure they give him uh, some rest. And then his buddy, DeAndre Hopkins, ankle seems like he may be re-aggravated uh, in practice and was limited on Thursday. Yeah, I, you know, Hopkins, I think, will will probably go. And Derrick Henry, I'm almost certain, will go. I think that was more of a rest day than anything for Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, he's another guy that just doesn't need to be out there in the practice field exposing himself to injury. And, and DeAndre Hopkins a little bit, too. I mean, you know, sometimes these these teams use those injury designations and, uh, you know, call it limited or whatever because they just don't want their, uh, their star players to get exposed to, uh, you know, too much out on the practice field. There's just kind of only bad things can happen there if they know the offense already. Interesting, Dan. We were talking about Joe Burrow earlier, and I checked the line on the Bengals-Rams game was minus three this morning. And now I just looked at it, it's, it's back to minus two, two and a half. So there must be some where some news about Burrow, uh, maybe the chances of him started lessened a bit. Could be. I mean, it might just be, uh, you know, more betters piling in on, on one side, True. but um, it's, it's hard. And to Burrow's say. probably worth more than half a point. So you're probably, yeah, right. I would, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely true. Austin Eckler did not practice Thursday. He's been dealing with the ankle. Um, what are your thoughts on him? We talk about them playing Minnesota right now. Actually, very high score uh, over under at 54, and it's uh, Vikings by one at home, which is which is not saying much. Yeah, I think that's going to be uh, <laughs> quite the game. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do not expect to see Eckler this week. I think it's going to be more um, Josh Kelly and, uh, you know, perhaps a little bit of uh, what Elijah Dotson as well. Um, and I'll tell you what, after watching the Vikings run defense, and I use that term defense very loosely, um, against the Eagles where they, the Eagles just had their way with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is a game that you don't want to, you don't want to look at, uh, Josh Kelly's last game and say, Oh, I'm taking him out of my lineup. You want to look at, uh, Deandre Swift's last game and say, Oh, I want Josh Kelly in my lineup for this one. Uh, so if I've got Josh Kelly, I am starting him with confidence. I like it. That's going to be a fun game. Um, because even though L.A. has not won games, they've been very good on offense uh, if you own them in fantasy. Yep, yep, definitely. And I thought I had an actual uh, some actual stats on that, but I, so I apologize, but I lost it. Um, just one more thing I added here, Dan. Uh, Trevon Diggs 
suffered an ACL tear practice out for the season. Dallas losing a big piece on that defense. Uh, does that change anything? I mean, obviously it changes something, but how much does it change this defense, you think? It, it, it's going to hurt. Um, but again, the Cowboys defense is really, it's elite up front and uh, the secondary is, is very solid. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of what's happening with the Dallas defense is generated by the pressure that they put on up front. Um, so I, I would be much more worried if this had been Micah Parsons rather than Trevon Diggs. Yes. Have you seen this, Dan? Aaron Rodgers, the treatment that he got, uh, the surgery, Speed Bridge. Have you, have you seen this video? No, I haven't seen the video on that. I, I, I've been uh, meaning to look that up. Ian Rappaport, I, I just retweeted it. So if you go to at JD Goat District, I just retweeted it. Um, you see the, like, it's literally hit the clip of him showing what the treatment is. There's even like a 3D image thing. <laughs> um, which, you know, if you if you get a little sensitive with stuff like that, maybe you don't want to actually see it. But it's pretty cool. And I don't know if that means he comes back quicker. Uh, maybe that's why he had this confidence to him when he was on the McAfee show. But um, interesting. Uh, today's technology when you're rich, you know. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, you know, they're they're doing more and more impressive things with, um, uh, you know, all the reconstructions and everything else. I mean, it used to be that, it, you know, if you blew out your ACL, that was it. Um, your career was over. It used to be if you blew out your Achilles, that was it. Your career was over. Uh, you know, so it's, it's nice to be able to see these players being able to come back and uh, resume, you know, productive careers in a lot of cases. Uh, though I will still point out that uh, the Achilles is almost undefeated against running backs still. So, uh, you know, Cam Akers looked good for a while last year. Uh, you know, hopefully he can look good again this year, but uh, it's, a, it, it's a tough one to come back from. This weekend, are you starting Addison or T. Higgins is a question from our buddy at DWZ underscore Dr. PT, Mr. Dr. Kyle Balzer. I'm definitely starting Addison anywhere that I've got him. Um, it would be, you know, I don't, I don't know. I oh, guess a lot of, a lot of teams are probably going to have a, a hard time putting T Higgins on the bench and putting in a player as good as Addison to replace him. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of teams out there where the options just aren't that good. Um, Addison over T Higgins, probably so, but it's not by much. Um, and that's only assuming that Joe Burrow doesn't play, uh, which we're not going to necessarily know on Sunday. We might, but we might not either. So, uh, you know, I, it's not the end of the world if, uh, you know, Joe Burrow doesn't go. You know, it's not like they're not going to be throwing the ball. It's not like they're not going to be throwing the ball to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Uh, you know, they're, they're still going to get targets. Uh, not as good a quarterback, but, you know, I, I think Higgins might actually be in a better position to, to deal with that than uh, Jamar Chase, just because he is a big, you know, a big, tall dude, uh, you know, who's capable of just going up and getting those jump balls. So, you know, the quarterback just needs to throw it in the zip code and he can probably go get it. Yeah, it, it would be hard for me to start Higgins ahead of Addison, but like you said, if I have Addison, I'm happy to start him this week against the Chargers. I just I, I don't get too fancy with my start sets, especially with my top guys. Um, 
especially with the firepower that, you know, look, you saw him this weekend, what, two touchdowns, Higgins, this past weekend, Dan? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, he's a, he's a player to be reckoned with. Yeah, even, though, can... even though I said fade him, and I, I still think that was probably <laughs> going to be the right move, uh, you know, that's not to say he's not a good player. I just didn't like his ADP. Yeah. Yeah, that and that and that's it, right? He's second or second, third round um kind of draft capital there and coming into I, the season. I, I, yeah, I would have rather seen him, you know, more like into the fourth round. Uh I felt like that was a more appropriate place for him to be priced, but he wasn't priced there. So um and I still got a couple T. Higgins shares anyway, just because I share teams with other people who really like T. Higgins and you know, I that's the nice thing about sharing teams is you don't have to win every battle uh you don't have to fight every battle because you know what uh they're just going to help you kind of get uh, a little bit more exposure um across the board in places where you wouldn't get it if you were just drafting your own teams so i'm, I'm happy to say i've got a couple shares of t higgins and they came in handy last week at t k u e 88 should i start zach moss or josh kelly ppr um Gosh, I think I'd probably start Josh Kelly. Uh, the Vikings run defense did not look good. That's probably going to be a shootout game. Um, Colts are playing who again? I'm blanking on this. Sorry. Um, oh, man, now I'm blanking. Uh, Baltimore. <laughs> that's right. Okay, yeah, Baltimore. Uh, that's probably going to be a much lower scoring game. So I I would go ahead and just start Josh Kelly there. Yeah, that game's at 44 over under and then where's Vikings the rams chargers game gotta be over 50 right the rams game why am i not finding it oh they're oh, yeah you don't, you don't, right you don't want the rams you want the chargers or chargers wow i've been doing that dan all year i don't know why just maybe psychologically the colors with the la i've been doing that in conversations it's so weird um that one's a 54 over under so it's definitely a higher scoring game but um yeah interesting one i mean baltimore hasn't been that great defensively and if ar is not playing and it's a Minshew start i think moss could give you a nice production week um i i don't know that it's i think i don't know that it's that far off between the two it's kind of a coin flip for me um probably yeah probably a slight lean um on the la just because of the score of the game opportunities yep all right uh so shout out to you guys for the questions if you're watching this because we didn't do a live show like we do every other week on the tailgate and answer your questions live Drop your questions in the comments and I'll pass them on to Dan and, and the Goat District crew and we'll answer them for you. Um, try to keep an eye on that before the game Sunday. So drop your questions, whether they're start sets or trade questions, anything you have. Dan, anything to uh, anything we missed or any players we didn't talk about, any games that you're you know, extra excited about this weekend? Yeah, I think I'm going to be interested to see uh, whether Aaron Jones and uh, Christian Watson can uh, get back into the lineup this week. Um, yes. Aaron Jones getting back in would be huge for me. I've got him in quite a few places. Um, 
the you know the carnage at running back has been pretty unbelievable. So if we can get even one of those good running backs back into play, um, it's going to help a lot of fantasy teams out there. And uh, Christian Watson, I think we're all excited to see what he can do. Uh, you know, Jordan Love, I you know some of his peripheral um, you know metrics haven't been super great. He's just been uh, you know he's had great uh, more touchdowns than you would expect, which is nice deodorant, but. Again, on the other hand, I mean, you know, he played one game without Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, and he played another, you know, another game without Christian Watson. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Love looks like when he has all of his weapons at full power. Yeah, I do have some Christian Watson sleeping shares, Dan, that have been on my bench, just dying, itching to get into the lineup. So I would love to see that, especially next week. They play on Thursday against Detroit, which is a nice divisional game. So you like to see both teams as healthy as possible. Um, for those rivalry matchups, yeah, which, which which is why I'm not entirely sure that we're going to see either Watson or Jones uh, this week. I think there's a decent chance they might hold them out because it is such a short turnaround next week, and they've got the Thursday night game. So I think they might be looking ahead to that. So unless everything is just all systems go, you know, and the uh, the doc- team doctors have no concerns whatsoever, um, I. I'm leaning more towards those players going to sit rather than they're going to start this week. Yeah. I mean, they are at home, Dan, it is a a close game. Uh, they're favored one and a half. Uh, so Mm -hmm. really the saints kind of getting a bit of a, a two point, um, lean there just because they're visiting. So usually it's a, it's a half or it's three points for the home team. So actually a half, sorry that they're getting, um, the saints. So yeah, if they weren't at home in a close game, I would agree, but I feel like if they can play and get them in the lineup, they will either way, we'll be happy Dan to see, uh, to see both guys. Yeah. The the one thing that sways me a little bit more towards the negative is the way that the uh, Packers medical staff has always been very, very conservative about return to play. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's That's your division. So I'm not going to argue. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's something I've watched over the years, um, you know, so unless their their medical staff, you know, I who knows who is actually on the medical staff from year to year, but that's been pretty consistent in the past. So unless something's changed on their staff, I think they'll probably be a little bit more on the conservative side, which doesn't mean that they're not going to play. But it just means if there's any uh, hesitation on the part of the doctors, they would probably have them sit for another week. Yeah. And if there's going to be a culture uh you know, with things like that, you would imagine Green Bay definitely one of the places. I'm going to do a quick little, going a little rant, Dan, before we close this out. I keep seeing these stupid videos on Twitter, on X, sorry, about fights, like people dying at football games, people getting severely injured at football games. Like, guys, what are you doing? You're going to imagine the kids that are at these games seeing this. Like, that's. It's just wrong in so many ways. Look, I was a young punk and I was mouthy and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, you're going to a football game. It's supposed to be fun. You go to stay. If you can't go to a stadium without having a beer and getting in a fight, then don't have a beer. You know, grab yourself a Coke or before you walk in the stadium, pop a couple gummies or something, you know, and then you're definitely not going to fight. You're going to sit there. You're going to enjoy the game with that stupid look on your face and everybody will be happy. But Guys, no fighting in the stadiums. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I don't know, Dan, if that happens in Minnesota, but I've seen it in a few stadiums this week um, on the Twitter machine, the X machine. Well, we do have the Minnesota nice working in our favor, but uh, yeah, there there have been fights at Vikings games as well. There just seems like it's a little bit less often than some of the other stadiums. But yeah, it's just, it's it's stupid. It's moronic. Uh, 
you know, nothing good comes out of it. Right. Not, yeah. Not, nothing good comes out of that, you know, so it ruins exactly. your time, ruins people around you's time um, and just leaves a bad taste for people going to live football games. And that's the last thing we want as football fans. So behave out there, fantasy land. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Hopefully we helped you out so you can go and crush your week three. Tune in every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on the Player Profiler Network. You'll find the GOAT District and usually Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern for the Thursday tailgate. And if we don't, don't worry. You'll see us either on Friday or Saturday uh, for sure before the Sunday games to help you guys out. Guys, good luck this week. We'll check you all later. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. 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 And I always be traded. 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 And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Bait them.